name is Dr. Chayaliba Kobernek, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Mindful Woman Mothers podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and a mother to four delicious girls. Here, we'll explore what it means to be a mindful woman through every stage of motherhood. Hi, my name is Dr. Chayaliba Kobernek, and welcome to the Mindful Woman Mothers podcast. Just to introduce myself, I am a clinical psychologist. I am a mother to four delicious girls, and now a podcast host. I'm really excited to be starting this podcast. It's been something that's been on my mind for quite some time. And I want to just start by introducing what the podcast is going to be about, why I see a need for this podcast, and what I'm hoping to share with you all. So firstly, let's start with a definition of mindfulness. Mindfulness has If you Google mindfulness, you'll find a ton of different definitions, but really simply, mindfulness means present moment awareness, non-judgmentally. So that means I'm not in the future thinking about my to-do list, thinking about what's coming up next. I'm not in the past. I'm not regretting what happened or rehashing that conversation. I'm just in this present moment, and I'm also not judging or even thinking about this present moment. I'm just experiencing the moment exactly as it is. Um, So this definition has a lot of ramifications and ways of practicing. And what I find most important, aside from practicing mindfulness, getting a taste of mindfulness, getting to experience it and getting to bring it into your life and how that impacts people, which I've seen just to be incredible. I think that also with continuous practice and continually bringing awareness and openness and presence into your life comes, I hope, (laughs) um, more critical thinking, more openness and awareness to gaining insight about the world and just questioning and, and doing things proactively. So Now to talk about mindful mothering, what that means, to me that means proactive rather than reactive parenting or mothering in particular. And what I mean by that is, can we go into the different aspects of motherhood intentionally with awareness and possibly you know, curiosity and not always having the right answers, of course. And at the same time, not just a willingness to do whatever just because that's what everyone else does or because that's what's most comfortable or any any reason that's not really um, intentional. Can we live our lives intentionally on purpose? And particularly in terms of the motherhood journey, can we, and I'm talking about from, you know, preconception through 
I don't know that you graduate from motherhood when your kids are 18, but but throughout motherhood, can we bring more intentionality into each aspect of that? My kid's difficult, so I yell and then I feel guilty about it. What if instead I could understand why I yell, how to manage my own emotions in challenging situations and actually know what's most effective in terms of parenthood that in terms of parenting that child it doesn't necessarily mean that i never yell and that i'm always uh perfect or do everything exactly by the books that's not the point the point is can i understand and be aware of and have the knowledge and and the education and information to know a lot of the time, what's most effective? And when I don't know, asking questions about it. And then also, you know, non-judgmentally living with insight and awareness means that sometimes I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and that's okay also. But mistakes come from a place of I'm a fallible human rather than justifying myself or needing to prove that this is the correct way or, well, what, what do you expect me to do when he acts like that or whatever. So there really is this problem that people joke about that there is no manual that you're given after the birth of your child. You don't get this parenting handbook. And that's kind of, people say it in jest, but really it's kind of comical when there never was a manual. And I, and I don't know that it was ever needed as much as it is needed today when we're so raised to ignore and reject our own intuition from such a young age and instead kind of given this message that we can't listen to ourselves and that we don't um that we that we need to kind of ignore or suppress our inner experiences and I, and I I you know I work a lot as a psychologist with people who grow up in environments where emotionally they're taught to ignore their feelings, to that their feelings are invalid or don't make sense. And I really do, I see this with my clients for sure. And on like a cultural or societal level, I see this happening on so many levels, just like the constant message of stop it, don't do that, right? This constant no. I, I remember, um, one time I took my kids to a play place. It's like an indoor play place. Like everything is like this. It's a giant, giant room of um, all things that like little, little children can, can, can essentially do nothing wrong and just play. And I remember thinking while we were there, wow, this is like the only time I can remember being out with my kids in a public space where I don't feel like I'm constantly hearing around me parents saying, no, stop that. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Um, because that's what's constantly, if you're, if you're at the mall or you're out in a store or you're just even in the park or, or walking down the street, you're constantly hearing this message of no, don't do that. Don't touch that. Stop it. What's with you? That's just a constant message, I think, that societally we're given, even if, even if, you know, our, our environment is, is super loving and supportive. That's just a, like a, a cultural message that education gives as well. You have to sit in your seat. Don't fidget. Don't touch. Don't doodle. Don't write this constant, 
you know, ignore your inner experiences. Don't listen to your inner world. Rather, you know, follow this um, external set, you know, random set of rules. You know, when did it, when did, when did we decide that six-year-old children can sit in a desk for whatever, seven hours? Um, I don't know when we decided that, but at some point societally, we did decide that and kids who can't do that are unfortunately pathologized, right? So uh, on some level. So, so I mean, I think, I think I'm just trying to talk about more general cultural issues right now, rather than a particular uh, pathology this is, I think, something that we've we've all been subjected to. And I think, unfortunately, with this constant message being taught, over time, we end up with the need for the manual. So not that we actually need a manual for parenting, but rather that we've never learned to listen to ourselves. And again, I'm talking, I'm not talking about specific cases. I'm talking, you know, one particular person's specific situation might be different. But in a general sense, as a, as a culture, as a society, I think we're really in a sad space that we need the manual. We really do. But since we've been kind of reprogrammed to not listen to ourselves, I think one important piece is learning to get back in touch and listen. Listen to what our bodies are saying. Listen to what our inner sense is telling us is, you know, best for us and best for our families, best for our children. And also to recognize that sometimes we we could benefit from getting more information. That doesn't mean that we're wrong. That doesn't mean that there's a right way. It means that the if I can get access to more information, I can make wiser choices. So I'm hoping to share with you here both information, education, knowledge, and assist or be a part of your journey in learning to listen more to yourself. Because you're ultimately the only one who knows what's best for you and for your family. So why this podcast? This podcast, I hope, will be an opportunity to explore thinking about things differently, asking questions, thinking more out of the box, Exploring different topics in a way that perhaps we haven't explored them until now. Our first season will be focused on birth. And we'll be talking about why birth is important. Why it's important not just to the baby, not just to the mother, but actually like societally what impact birth has on the world. We'll be talking about why birth mindfully, that our bodies are created perfectly. And unfortunately, we have unlearned listening to them. But they really were created perfectly. And unfortunately, you know, pregnancy itself is considered a medical complication. At this point in time, if you are pregnant, you, you know, you need to be in medical care because that's pathological, right? That's that's a, a medical condition. And and I, I think the, the theoretically there doesn't have to be anything wrong with that. Just in reality, what I what I think happens is that pregnancy and that whole process becomes 
pathologized, becomes uh, abnormal. For example, from my very first pregnancy, I had this pain (laughs) when I would lift a leg, uh, when I would walk. (laughs) It was extremely painful. And I actually have have had it in every pregnancy. And each pregnancy, it's gotten, it started earlier and earlier on in the pregnancy and gotten worse and worse. And the first pregnancy, I was told that it's sciatica, which is basically that the baby is sitting on a nerve and that nerve is getting pinched. Um, and it's possible that I also had some sciatica, but I certainly also had more going on there. And I was just told to go to a chiropractor and wear a maternity belt or a pregnancy belt. And I wore that pregnancy belt religiously. I progressively felt worse and worse. The pregnancy belt certainly helped. The chiropractics certainly helped. But the problem was not resolved. And in the next pregnancy, my doula mentioned that maybe that maybe it's something called pubic symphysis disorder. Raise it with my practitioner. And I did. And they said... Oh, it's normal. Again, I was told the same message. It's normal for pregnancy, wear a pregnancy belt. And I did the same thing. And again, progressively got worse and worse. In my third pregnancy, it got so bad. I really could barely walk very early on in the pregnancy. And I wasn't sure how I was going to manage. And then I started talking with different providers. And I I ended up uh, working with this incredible chiropractor who taught me what's pubic symphysis disorder and um, how my body is basically changing in response to hormonal changes in my body and how different areas of muscle weakness can lead to overcompensating by tightening other muscles and then getting, you know, things kind of stuck and how to release those muscles, strengthen other muscles and, um, and I think I think what one may and, and, and honestly at 37, 38, 39 weeks, I was in way better um mobility shape. Like I was able to get to move around much better than at 17 weeks. That was mind-blowing to me. And um and and I think that one of the major lessons I took from that is that. The body is wise. There's not a problem. You know, the the whole message of, sorry, that's part of pregnancy, you know, just suffer and hopefully, you know, the pregnancy will end soon enough that you'll be able to get out of this pain. And, you know, here are some things that we can do to mask the pain in the meantime. It's such a sad message because what really was going on and what really is often going on is that there's something that's not, that you're not, you know, you're not standing right. You're not holding yourself right. Posture, um, strength in the body, increasing mobility and understanding how that works and uh, releasing muscles that are tight and tense. That's a very powerful message. The, the, the Getting back the power of, I can actually influence my experience. This is not, I'm not helpless in this terrible, you know, painful journey experience that I'm subjected to, right? This is actually wonderful information that can guide me if I can listen properly, if I can listen intently and uh, with awareness and presence and, and, and bring that information in, in a, 
an accepting and open way rather than, oh, it shouldn't be this way. I hate this. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. Um, and, and I think that to me was one of the major messages of that, that there is something to be learned here. There is something to be understood here and there is something to do. I'm not powerless. And I think that's a lot of the message of, of, um, of pregnancy in particular is that, um, is that, and I think the message that's purported is that there's nothing to do. You just kind of have to suffer and eventually it's going to end. Uh, here are some, you know, you take some ice packs. Um, and, and that's not really, you know, have some saltines, right? Like, and that's not really true, actually. If you would actually listen to your body, there are shifts in your blood sugar that are happening. And there are increased needs for protein and increased needs for a lot of vitamins and minerals. And if we can listen to our bodies, if we can listen to what's happening and to what's needed and we can get the information that uh that we might not necessarily have access to because we've been continually taught this other message i think that can be a very powerful experience and also particularly empowering and and i guess that's what i'm hoping we're going to accomplish with our series on pregnancy in particular and with this podcast in general is this increased awareness, presence, openness, an increase in listening to ourselves, listening to our experiences openly and honestly, and also to gain a lot of information, education, and knowledge. So I'm very excited to be starting this podcast, to be sharing this journey with you. I hope that you will benefit tremendously and grow with me along this process. And thank you for being here.